Two weeks ago, I, I preached about, uh, from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, where the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we were talking about the sameness of Jesus, how he doesn't change his constancy, that he's immutable, actually. And, and we looked at the fact that he is the same because he is God. He never changes because He's God. God cannot change, and we discussed that. And so that's a beautiful thing for us to remember and be reminded of. We also looked at the fact that He still hates sin. His position on sin has not changed. It has never changed. And it never will change on sin. Right? And still, the only way we're reminded still as well that what doesn't change is the only way to forgiveness of sins and reconciliation to God the Father is through Jesus. He is exclusively the path to inclusivity in God's family. It's still Jesus only for us to be saved and have our sins taken away and being spared the wrath of God and being condemned and eternally damned and sent to hell. God spares us that because of Jesus and makes us His own so that we could Bring glory to God the Father and not suffer the consequences. Amen? Praise God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Those things do not change. Those are truths that we've got to hold on to. And Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this morning, I want to bring attention to the truth that Jesus' power is still the same. Now, I could go on for days and days about what is still the same about Jesus uh, today, yesterday, today, and forever. But the one thing that is still the same is Jesus' power today. It is the same as it was when He walked the earth. It is the same as when He was there at creation. And we know that Jesus was there at creation because the Bible says in Genesis, and there's that plural, speaking of the Godhead, let us make man in our image. All three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, involved in creation. Jesus was there. He had everything to do as much as the Father did with creation. I think that's pretty powerful. And we're not blown away by that. We're just like, yep, we know it's true, it's there. Yeah. I mean, even just that, these little things that we, that these truths, I say little, but these truths that we remind ourselves of should cause us inside to be ecstatic with joy and to understand that this is our God, that He's the one that's all-powerful as much as it's true, and it is the truth that will never change what we mentioned two weeks ago about Jesus. He's still powerful. He speaks and things happen, Right? And He was there. And Colossians tells us as well, if you want to know, to verify, that He was also there at creation and that He was part of the whole creation process in Colossians chapter 1. You cannot escape the fact, the truth, that Jesus was powerful even in creation. And we see in in many examples in in the New Testament that Jesus is powerful, right? We see in Mark chapter 4 that Jesus has power over nature, the forces of nature, the winds and the seas. He just speaks again, and they calm down. I could put it this way. They're raging at Him. They're raging at those all around them, the waves and the winds, and they bow down to Jesus' voice in silence. That's not an absurd way of thinking about it. 
It's a reality that they have to bow to Him and listen and obey Him. And He has power over the forces of nature. And in chapter 5 of Mark, I could go on and on, but I'll stop at chapter 5 of Mark, we see that Jesus displays His power over the evil forces, over demons, over Satan himself and all his minions when He casts out the demon in the man there. He does an amazing miracle. This guy who is a complete mess becomes a messenger for God. And He did it immediately. He was speaking for God and declaring that He was powerful, that Jesus is powerful still today. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18-20, to 20, the Apostle Paul writes these words. And I've got a lot of Scriptures here too this morning because we're, it's about the Word of God and, and us standing on it. And these are just some examples that I'll point out to you with the points I'm making. But we've got to hold close to our heart. Paul prays to the Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul's praying that. He's praying that we would know His power for us who believe, that it's towards us, and it's incomparable, that we would know that as 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 Christ followers. And he says... That power is the same as the mighty strength that He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. That's power. That's power. And we talk about power. There are two aspects to this. Just to make it very simple. You you have power as something that is authoritative. You say it or your presence is there and everything succumbs and submits to you. You are authority. You have that ultimate authority. And that's why Jesus is Lord, by the way. Because He has that power that is authority. But He also has that power that is strength. That is able to do anything and everything that we could never imagine and that we could never even do. And even in the physical realm as much as the uh, uh, spiritual realm. And even emotional and mental realm and our minds. God can do things we can never do. Amen? He is still powerful. And He does it through Jesus. Jeremiah 32, verse 27. God says through the prophet, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? In fact, you have this repeated in the prophets and in the Old Testament. And there are some, there's even in the, in the early Gospels, when Jesus is, is when there's a prophecy and it's told about Jesus being born and news is broken. And it, he says, nothing's impossible for God. With Mary being pregnant and having to carry Jesus, nothing's impossible with God. You'll do it. God can do the impossible. And he does what is seemingly impossible to us. And with this in mind, and these two scriptures in mind, I want to remind you of at least four things that Jesus has the power to do. Right? Because Hebrews 13.8 says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? So the first thing that Jesus has power to do, there's many things, but I'll narrow it down to four, unless you want to be here until six and we have dinner and not lunch. Right? He has the power to save you. Now, this is on the heels of what we finished up with a couple weeks ago. That Jesus is exclusively the only way to salvation. The only way to have the remission of your sins, your sins taken away, and you to be brought into right relationship with God the Father. There is no one like you, Jesus. 
We love and adore you. You're the only one that can bring us to the Father. There is no one. And He has the power to save you. To save you from sin. Its consequences from Satan and from death. And ultimately in the end, we will be delivered from all of that. But He saves us from all of that, right? In Romans chapter 6, verses 7 to 11, Paul writes these words, starting in verse 7. He says, For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And in verse 23, we all know this. He says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He frees us, delivers us, and gives us the gift of eternal life, setting us free from the consequence of sin, the wages of sin, which is death. Death meaning you are forever separated from God's gracious presence. Forever. And you will be in that constant torment. And you will be separated from Him, paying the price for eternity for what you thought you could earn or work your way towards, and it always falls short. And now if you don't believe on Jesus and what He did, You'll pay for that forever. The Bible teaches that. Colossians chapter 2. Again, I mentioned these scriptures. But in Colossians chapter 2, one of my favorite epistles of Paul, but in chapter 2, in verse 14, Paul says, I love this passage. He said, He made you alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our transgression. That's the end of verse 13. And in verse 14, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, and which was hostile to us. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And when He had disarmed the rulers and authorities, He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through Him. Who? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Jesus is victorious over sin and over the curse that sin brings and says, you failed, you failed, you did this, you're going to hell, you're not right. And because of what Jesus did and because of our faith in Him, He took it to the cross and He said, it's gone. Those accusations, those condemnations are gone. They're gone. They're gone. I mean, do we believe the Word of God and that Jesus is that powerful that He would take that away and then disarm Satan? Because what Satan used as his weapon is that list of all those things and the laws, decrees, and the you did this, you did that, that was wrong and unrighteous. And He takes it to the cross and He destroys it. And He disarms Satan because He took it to the cross. It's done and gone forever. Amen? That's how He disarms Satan. Satan's defeated. He's done. He can come and bring all those charges and accusations. He can say all kinds of things about you. He can, but he can never take away and destroy the fact that when you belong to Jesus and he has saved you, he saved you for good. Hallelujah. Praise God. He saved you from sin. He has that power to do that. Man, we all, I mean, you look around the world and you run into people, and I, I just, I'm blessed. Even when we, you know, wherever we go, when we, we evangelize or minister to people, you talk to individuals, their consciences, which we talked about as well a while ago, that Jesus cleanses. But 
Their consciences, their heart, they have no peace. And they're struggling and they're worrying. And the sin issue has not been dealt with because they're alienated from God. And they try everything they can do to take care of sin without Jesus. But only Jesus has the power to save you from sin. And its eternal consequences. Amen? He has the power to do that. Let me ask you this morning, if you're here, have you ever believed on Jesus that way? Do you even believe that? I mean, because some of you here are here and you've gone through the motions and, and you might be sitting here, frankly, and you've been going to church for, you've been going to church, right? I've been going to church all my life. I've done all the right things, but you've never, and you thought that by doing that, those actions, they would be enough to take away your sins and Wipe the slate clean before God and bring you and God together. And God says, that'll never be enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't go to church long enough. You can't go to church short enough. You can't go to church ritualistically enough. You can't go to church and do rote things enough. You can't do it. Only Jesus and believing on Him can save you from your sins. Don't be deceived. Don't be fooled this morning. Maybe you're here. Maybe that's you. And you've never, never bowed your knee to the Lordship of Jesus and just believed on Him that, that, that He died on the cross for you and that God rose Him again. And you've never professed that publicly. It, it's time to do that because why wait? You need to be saved from your sins and Jesus has the power to do that. Do it today. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't wait. I'll say it all the time. Most of you say it all the time because that's the gospel, right? Bad news is we're sinners. Good news is Jesus takes them away. That's a version of it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Secondly, Jesus has the power to keep you. He has the power to keep you. Now, this is, this is I love this part, because I stumble along the way, man. Yep. You don't see me during the week. You don't see me on Sunday afternoon. Right? I don't see Ron Carter when he goes home. I don't see him when, he's, when Tuesday comes and he's heading up to doctor's appointments and he stumbles in different ways. I'll leave it at that. Who knows what that is? With our attitude, with our mouth, with our, the things we say, with, our, with the things we do. All of us, right? We, and and I, I'm there. But I love the fact that he will keep you, right? And the concept is, is that God will support and protect us. Those are two things that He supports and protects us. You know, when we go in this journey with Jesus in this world, man, there's a lot of grossness around us. Can I put it that way? It's yucky. Like, it, you can feel it sometimes. Like in our world, in the times that we live in, it's heavy, it's gross, it's dark, just all around our world. And it's sin, and, and it's rampant, and it's everywhere, and people love sin more than they love God, and the darkness more than light, the Bible says. And they don't want to go to, to the light, because they love that darkness. Those are my words. Those are, those are the words of the Scripture, right? But He's going to keep you. And He's going to support you. And He's going to protect you when you're going along that journey. How many Scriptures in the Psalms and in the Old Testament as well as the New can we find and come to your mind if you're a follower of Jesus that God supports you and He will keep you along the way? Many, many, many. You know, in the Old Testament, we have this, this picture and there's this this a visual there that is used, and it's in that culture, and, and, and the right hand of God, the mighty right hand of God. You, you, you read a lot about the right hand of God. 
if you read the Old Testament, right? The right hand of God. And it's symbolic. And it, it, the whole picture there is that it is of strength and stability. And that nothing can stop that hand, if you will, from doing what it's supposed to do. To hold, to grip, to push away, to protect. God's powerful right hand. The right hand is symbolic of that throughout Scripture. And it's strong and protective. John chapter 10, verse 29 He doesn't say the right hand, but we know this scripture, right? And John talks about Jesus, and and Jesus says that I am the the, the shepherd, right? I'm the good shepherd. And he talks about the sheep, but he says, My Father, in verse 29, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Let me ask you something. Is that a good grip or is that a good grip? It's a good grip. Not letting go. No, he's not letting go. We sing about that. And it's not about me, but it is because God takes care of me. And I thank God that he takes care of me. You never, ever let go. You'll never let go of me. You'll never let go of me. We sing that because his right hand is there to support us. Right? It's there to protect us and to keep us. And even First Peter in chapter 1, verses 3 and 5, he says, Praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's where His power was displayed, remember, in the resurrection? And he says, Who through faith... We who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. When that appearance of Jesus, our Savior, comes. And all along the way until we are ultimately saved, if you will, forever. Never to be bothered by sin and Satan and all the things around us in this world and in this life. We are shielded. God shields us. He keeps things away from us. And we, yes, we're faithful. We fight them. We fight these things. And we fight temptations. We go through that. But God shields us. And He holds us firmly in His right hand. Amen? Praise God that He keeps us. How about Jude 20, verse 24? I love this scripture too. And He says, To Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Talking about Jesus. Talking about God. Jesus, who is God. And here He is able to keep us from stumbling. Do we, do we take falls in life? Yes. See, it's the picture is that we're going we're gonna to keep falling so much that we just stay down. We've got to get back up and we do get up because God's hand is there to not only protect us, but when we stumble, He lifts us right back up. How many of you have taught your children to ride a bicycle? That's great. We've got a lot of bicycle riders in here, like four of them. Um, <laughs> Wow, man, the world is so different than even when I was growing up. Nobody even rides bikes anymore. All people do is sit on their phones. That's all they do now. They don't ride bikes. They don't go fishing. Well, not everybody. It's all they do, right, Jay? They just sit on their phone. Not you. I know you don't. I know you don't. Right? So we're we're teaching our boys to ride the bike. What do you do? do? There's there's this picture of us and God, right? You're going along. You're holding the back. I, I hold the back of the seat. You know, behind your little bottoms on that seat, right? The little tushes. And, I, and I, I'm just, I'm holding that thing and I'm going along with them. I'm holding, I'm helping. They're getting a, a feel for what it's like to have balance. 
right? Because they have no idea. And some of some kids, mine didn't, but I guess some kids do, and that's cool, right? First try, boom, and they got it, and you're like, do you even need me? You know? Not the case with the vast majority of kids, right? You've got to take multiple tries. But it's be, and you go to the extent, until they learn how to ride, right, that you actually run. And you're like, can't even run, but you're running and almost diving when you see that they're falling or try to help them. And you're yelling out things, and they take a turn, and they turn too hard, and all of a sudden, boom, they do a face plant because they turn the handlebars too hard. We give them instructions. We support. We come along, and we say, hey, it's all right. Get back up. Let me help you get up. Oh, you got a big scratch, there's blood coming out. Eh, it's going to go away. Come on, it's just a little boo-boo. Let me kiss it. Let's go. Let's go. Right? Right? That's what God does. Because that's what happens. you got to get up and you got to do it the right way. Of course, you got to learn that. And God helps us. He is our support and He shields us from all harm so that we will not be destroyed. And we got to learn. And we're learning and we're still learning to walk this walk, to be faithful. And God help us. And He does. Because He helps us. Now, oh, man, it's amazing. Which is actually the third thing. He doesn't only, he doesn't only uh, keep us, right, and prevents those things, but He helps us. I got ahead of the game. But He helps us. He assists us in those moments on that bike. Isaiah chapter 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Now, I'm not God. But here's God. I am the Lord your God who takes your right hand. Here's God's mighty right hand. And He takes the mighty right hand. I'm going to help you get up. I'm going to, I'm going to, yes, you need help, right? And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep holding on. Your right hand to my right hand. Give me your strength, which is so weak compared to mine. But let's do this together. I'm going to help you. We're going to get through it. And, and he says that to, the, to, to God's people prophetically, the nation of Israel. But it applies to us because it's consistent with who Jesus is. Because Jesus is God and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what he helps us with? He helps us with our ignorances. How does he help us with our ignorances? Well, let's see. Mm. We have the Bible. Mm. How else does He help us with our ignorances? Oh, we have each other. Wow. And, uh, and, we, and we have other resources, individuals who are godly in counsel. We, we have, God provides all that. And His hand is involved in that process with people He brings into your life or people He takes out of your life. And God is helping you. He's assisting you along the way. He's there to help you with your weaknesses. Right? God, I, I, I'm not only, I don't only feel ignorant, but I feel like I don't understand. He'll help you understand. Right? And to obtain more knowledge as you go into the Word of God and as you, 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 you walk with Him together in your journey. He'll help you with your illness. God, I'm so tired. I'm so weak. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm losing faith. If I could put it that way. God says, oh, no, 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 no. I'm yours. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to remind you who I am. I'm never leaving you. I'm going to assist you and help you in this process. He even helps us with access to God the Father. In fact, He helped us already by making a way and giving us direct access in Hebrews chapter 10 to God the Father, the throne room, and we're invited to go boldly there. He already helped us with that because He died on the cross, rose again, and He made a way, and He opened up heaven so we could go there. He helps us. He supports us when we're weak and we're falling, but He also helps us along the way. Right? Look, God doesn't do it for you. Right? 
That's where our responsibility comes in. That's where we have to live righteously and submit and surrender. But He will never leave us and He assists us. When we reach out to Him, He will help us. He'll show us the way. Always when we sincerely ask, He'll help us along the way. I need help along the way. I needed help from age 26 until the day I die, and that's why I married Sharon. We need each other. We need God, and God provides. And we need help. We can't do it alone, right? And we need, we need God. So let me ask you, maybe you're here this morning, when we're talking about Jesus keeping us and protecting us, but also helping us and assisting us in our life, where are you going for, for your support? Where are you going for assistance? Who are you going to? Why are you going there? Are you going to Jesus? Are you going to God? Jesus is God, and He wants to not only keep you, but also help you along the journey. Go there. We tend to go other places so quickly, and we resort to other things. Go to Jesus. Go to God. It'd be amazing what you'll learn and what He'll speak to you, and He'll send aid to you through His Word, through other people, through other resources that will assist you along the way to be more like Jesus. Amen? And lastly, Jesus is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And His power is unchanging. And He has the power to, fourthly, to answer your prayers. Now, again, this is all tied in, but they're di- all different at the same time. Right? And it's, it's the idea that we would actually ask God to help us. Now, I was sharing with some folks this week and some conversations I had and even last week and, and even some of the guys in prayer and in other contexts. And we were talking about this. And it's absolutely amazing to me because one of the things that we as a church, and I'm talking about the Church of Christ, but myself, all of us, that we don't do is that we just don't pray. Just, just pray. Like, you know, I always say this. And, and it's always, we're so fearful. Even if you've been a Christian for a long time, we get so scared that we're not going to pray the right way. Can I just tell you, please just pray. Just pray. Pray. Talk to God. Read the Word. He talks to you that way. He talks to you by the Holy Spirit when you pray. He talks back to you, right? To your spirit. He absolutely does. But just pray. I mean, we get so hung up on the right way and the wrong way to pray. I'm just telling you again, and I have to remind you, just pray. Because an all-powerful Jesus wants to hear it. He wants to hear it. Right? If there's no doubt about it, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, we quote him sometimes, and so many people quote him and go to him and defer to him on certain matters and whatever, and, and in certain things they shouldn't use it as an example. And I won't talk about what those are. Some of you know what I'm talking about. One thing he said is that prayer and the essence of prayer is simply asking. That's it. That was his definition. Prayer is simply asking. Just ask. Of course we praise God in our prayer and communication. We love Him. We adore Him. When we sing, when we pray, we praise Him. They should all be part of that. We confess. We do. But just talk to Him and ask Him. Ask, ask, ask. How many times are we told by Jesus alone? And we see in Scriptures that we ought to ask. Right? That's a stupid prayer request. That's not even biblical. Oh yeah? I can ask God anything. I can. And yes, I will read the Word of God. And when it lines up, I'll ask rightly. And the more I get to know Jesus because I pray, the more I'll know how to pray rightly. Just pray for crying out loud. 
I'm not mad. I'm just saying, I'm being serious. Pray. Pray. Talk to God. Take that time out and seek God. Why can't we be? And why do we not take to heart and we exclude certain things and use certain scriptures for certain contexts and others? Take it all. And I believe Matthew, I mean, Luke 18 is for us. It's a reminder with that persistent widow who kept asking and asking and asking. And asking, oh, but we have the Apostle Paul, and he prayed three times, and then, and then he was done. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I don't know if he asked three times or a hundred times, because three times is an expression that he asked many times. I don't know when he stopped. You're going to tell me that five years down the, lo- the road, when that wasn't taken away, even though Paul knew that the thorn in the flesh, God gave him grace was sufficient for that? You don't think that he still said, well, God, you know, I know your grace is sufficient. I've gone this far, but I'd love for you to take that away, could you? Nope, my grace is sufficient. You don't think he got reminders? That's fine. But he kept, I believe he asked. I do. I don't believe that Paul was like that. I mean, he was human. He's asking God, even when he's just told, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. By the way, we can talk about this, and I'm not here to like, but, but that answer from God, God didn't say, nope, Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient. I know it was in response to his request. But Paul asked, and we should ask. Keep asking. Be the persistent widow until you get... If you get no, if you get a definitive no, it's no. God will give you the grace and the strength, but keep asking. And how do we ask? How do we ask? The problem is, is that we ask so often because we have no faith. We don't believe. We just do it out of our head knowing, oh yeah, God's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the one who parted the Red Seas. He's the one who who healed people when he was on the earth. But I'll ask God, but I don't know. Let me qualify what that means. But God, I know you're in control. And if you really want to, God, maybe you'll take care of this situation. You'll pave the way for me so you can be glorified. That's how we pray. Just ask God. Just say, Lord, please do this thing. He might say no. He might say wait. He might say sure, I'll do it. We don't know unless we ask and we need to ask because God answers our prayers and He has the power to do that. There are no other gods that can do that. And the Psalms and David writes about the false gods. They have, they're, they're all great. These images that are formed, they have ears, they have noses, they have mouths, they have feet, they can't walk, they can't smell, they can't hear, they can't even use their hands. They have lips and they can't speak back to those who are praying and worshiping them. But we have a God who hears prayer and who powerfully answers them. Why is it that in the book of Acts, God's people prayed? Of course they prayed according to God's will. That's, that's, I'm not, they prayed, but they prayed. They asked for all kinds of things, and they were seeking God, and God answered powerfully. They prayed, and God answered. They prayed, and God answers. And crazy things happened, if I could put it that way. Amazing things, miraculous things, powerful things. But but no, we're we're not going to ask God. Ask God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11, 6 says, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Right? What is the reward? The reward is Jesus. We've said this before, and you know, it's Jesus. It's God Himself is our reward when we seek Him. And if we have God, there was a great revivalist, and he said, he said, Leonard Ravenhill. Maybe you heard of Ravenhill. Ever heard of him? Yes. Amazing guy. 
whatever your persuasions are and your interpretation or whatever. But listen, he, God used them powerfully. And he said something about this whole idea about having God. He says, we want, we're seeking, we're asking for, for miracles, we're asking for revival, we're asking for all these pinpoint things. He says, that's fine. He says, but if we get God, if we seek Him by faith, and if we have God, then we have everything that we need when we have God. And when we have God, we'll know how to address those things that we feel we need. Amen? We will. He, we will. We have to ask God and seek Him and ask about everything that comes into our life. Isaiah 55, 6, and I'll wrap it up here. Isaiah 55, 6. God says, seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He's near. Is He near? Is, is, is the Holy Spirit, is Jesus still working on this earth? I, I, he, didn't, he hasn't come back yet. Because we'll all be in heaven. We'll be raptured. I mean, I believe that and we're going to be with Jesus. But he has, He's here. He's present, right? And so He's here and He's near. So we should seek the Lord while He may be found. And then implies something. There might come a time when He can't be found. There will be a time when He can't be found, by the way, on this earth historically. It'll be tough. But he's near, so we're instructed to seek the Lord and he can be found. Jeremiah makes similar proclamations about seeking the Lord. Call to me, I'll, I'll hear you and I'll answer you. And, I'll, and, and we're told that Paul's praying to the, and he's, and he's mentioning also that God, that God would give them way above and beyond whatever they could think or imagine, that God would give that to them. How? Because they're asking and seeking that. The first chapters of the epistles are all prayers, and it's all about the power of God and things that God wants for them. And yes, their spiritual nature, that we would be in right relationship with God, that you would be strong in your faith, that you would know what wisdom is, that you would understand and walk in wisdom, that you would live as godly people, that you are supposed to be as God's people, that He has declared you to be. Live that way, and He's praying for all these things. And that we would have all the riches of Christ's blessings, which is beyond that we can imagine or ever express. Ask, 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 because Jesus has the power to answer your prayers. What kind of God are you serving? What kind of Jesus are you believing in? Is it a Jesus who, who was powerful? Who was powerful? Who was powerful? Who was powerful? He is powerful. He's powerful. He is still powerful. The same Jesus. And He does the same things that He did all along. I don't determine when and how he does it, but he still is able and can do and desires to do everything he's done all along. His power is the same because he's the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. He has power to save you. He has power, of course, to support you and to, to gird you up and take you through, right? He has power to help you and he has power to answer your prayers. Do you believe that? Our prayers are so weak so often because honestly, we don't believe that. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 68, 20, and we're going to pray. God is to us a God of deliverances. And to God, the Lord, belong escapes from death.
I don't know, maybe I'm just seeing little things, but they mean so much. I don't know why, but I'm sharing this because all that stood out when I read this were two words that are in the plural. God is to us a God of deliverances. Plural. He did, He's doing, and He will do. He's going to deliver again from whatever it is. In His time, as you press in and call out to Him and you believe that He's powerful to help you and to support you and to to answer your prayer. And to God the Lord belong escapes from death. Plural. Um, That's the New American Standard. Plural. It's more than once. It wasn't in the past. It wasn't just this morning and now it's no more. It's right now. It'll be later. It'll be tomorrow. If God grants us tomorrow. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever in His power. Look, you've tried on your own, some of you. Maybe you've gone to other devices. And you think you're so powerful. You've, got, you've, you've done it your way for so long. Let me ask you a question that I often ask people in that situation. How's that going for you? How's that going for you? Be honest. How's that going for you? How's it going for you? It doesn't go well when it's in your own strength and in your power and you go to other devices outside of God. That salvation, that protection, that help, and those answers that Jesus offers because He's powerful, listen, they come when you call out to Jesus. You call out to Jesus in faith. And you know that you know because you experience the power of God for yourself. Look, when we talk about the power of God, I can't let this go. I promise. This is the last thing I'll say. I have been dwelling on, and I will share with you just with my the thing I've been dwelling on. It's just been hounding me. And it's this. When Paul writes to the Corinthians and he talks about how he didn't come with eloquent words and beautiful speech, and he was so intellectual and so put together, and he says, it was, my words were not like that. He says, but it was with the power of the Spirit. Come on, brothers and sisters. Where is the power of God? We're so hung up on having the perfect arguments, the intellectual description of things and explanation of things, and to be rational and reasonable. And we should be. Nobody's saying that. Stop it and rely on the power of God. You know why we're not? Because so many of you have experienced so much knowledge and wisdom, and you've filled yourself with that truth. And it is truth, because all truth is God's truth, by the way. But you filled it in the Bible. And you filled it, the the Bible, you filled your mind and your heart with it. But you have not experienced the power of God for yourself. And yes, I said experienced. Look, when I came to know who Jesus was, yes, the word was preached, the gospel was preached. But it was the power of God that was behind those words. And His Holy Spirit touching my heart. And me submitting to Him and coming to the altar at eight years old. And I knew, and I knew that I met God, my Creator, once and for all. And that was it. I was in. You know what? You can try as hard as you want. And I love this body. And I love the children here. I I love all you guys. They're amazing. I want you all to know Jesus. I want my own boys to know Jesus for themselves because they experience God, not just know about Him. And it all starts 
with the knowledge and the fact and the truth that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and His power is the same. And it's His power that will do it. It's not your reasoning. It's not your rationale. It's not your programming your kids or your parents or yourself. It's the power of God. No, I'm not some charismatic weirdo, okay? Don't, that's not what I am. We want the power of God. We're missing the power of God. It only comes when we submit, surrender, and do things His way. But we reach out and ask for Him to move in these ways and we exercise that privilege of prayer that we have and you'll be amazed at what happens in your life. Can you share a testimony? Sure. If it relates, yes. Bible study I was doing, you know, it was a, a question of reflection, and it was something along the lines of what, you know, what can you do this week, or can you ask God how you can be more, how, you know, how Jesus walked, and I'm like, that's such a heavy question, and, and, and I did exactly what Bob said, it's just like, so simply to the Lord, like, God, reveal yourself to in the scriptures. And like, in my mind, I was thinking immediately fruits of the Spirit. So I'm looking through the scriptures, through the fruits, for the fruits of the Spirit, and I'm coming across scripture after scripture after scripture of who Christ was and what he did. And God was speaking to me like a revelation off of the word, the things that I'm personally dealing with in my life that I didn't realize I needed to be corrected. And I was so blown away by his word, and by his presence, Amen. because I was seeking him and asking him. Yes, and he answered. So just ask him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. How many stories do we have like that? How many stories have you heard? I'm sorry, now I'm rambling, right? It's, uh, you, you know me. How many stories have we heard of people that I know personally, and you've heard testimonies of how they came to know who Jesus was and that God was real and they needed him? It was when they said, God, if you're real, what happened? I am not suggesting there's no word involved and the truth isn't involved, but God touched them. It was the power of God. It was just somebody coming in there and giving them 19 apologetic explanations for why you have to believe in God. They reached, the Holy Spirit touched them, and they experienced God. And when you experience God for yourself, you know once and for all. I am telling you, and you will know. And, you will, and you're in. Maybe someone's here like that today. And you're like, yeah, you know, I've just been going to them. I realize I don't really know God. I, 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 I'm... I think I do. And if you're, if, you're, if you're saying that, you need to know God. You need to, you need to confess your shortcomings, your sin, and, and just surrender your life to Jesus and just say, God, I'm here. If you're real, I believe you are, but I'm struggling with that. But, and I'm calling out to you as if you're real, but touch me and just change me and transform my life and you'll never be the same again. You'll never be the same. I promise you, you'll never be the same again. You won't be perfect, but you won't be the same. Amen. Amen? Amen. So, 
I know we're going to go and we're going to fellowship in the hall. And it's, and it's, it's open in the hall. But if, man, if you just got to stay, in fact, I'm going to do something. I think they're ready. If you want to stay and you just want to spend time with God and you want to tap into that power, we'll do that after, after I'm done praying. The altars are open. You can stay in your seat, leave quietly, go in the back, leave the doors closed. But I'll ask the praise team to come and we'll sing that last song again. Jesus, I love you. You're all I want, all I need. I love you. And we're going to sing that again. And as we sing that, you just kind of linger. All right? We've done that a few times um, in the past few weeks. But Lord, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for what you are doing and for how you are stirring in hearts among our body, Lord God, and that you are touching people, Lord, in ways that no human ever could. Father, I pray that we would allow your power to work mightily in the lives of those around us and in our own life as we reach out to you and we ask you, Lord God, to answer our prayers as we lay down our concerns and our struggles and we're relying on your powerful assistance and your powerful keeping in our lives and your powerful salvation that saves us thoroughly, completely, once and for all and makes us your own and you wash away our sin. We thank you and praise you for that, God, and that you send your Holy Spirit into our hearts. And by that truth alone, you never leave us, Lord. Help us to cling to you, to be connected to you, Lord God, to walk in your power, not our power. Help us to know your power, Lord Jesus. Yes, even experientially, Lord God, that we would be transformed forever, Lord God. We need you desperately. We can't do it on our own, Lord God, and we confess and acknowledge that. And I pray for those this morning that have never received you as Lord and Savior, that, Lord, they would, in their chairs where they are right now, as your power is touching them, your spirit is touching them, they would admit that they've sinned and they would say that I'm a sinner, Lord, and I need you to wash away my sin. Thank you that Jesus died for me and wiped away those sins and he rose again and he's alive. And I ask him to come into my heart. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I commit my life to Him. And Lord God, I know that You will forever change that soul. Lord, may that be their prayer. And for those of us, God, who need a refreshing, who need a renewal, God, a reminder of just how incredible Your power is, may we, Lord, not seek You in haste. But may we press in and struggle and realize that until we lay down our own power, Your power cannot be ours. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that you have made yourself available to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Leave quietly, but spend some time seeking the Lord. Amen. Do I?